This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to Grief Relief. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host and daughter. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, hi, Heidi. Father loss we've got as a topic today. Important topic, huh? Absolutely. And like you said, that is the most searched-for topic as far as grief and loss on the Internet. People are wondering how they're going to find hope again after the death of a parent. So we are really excited to bring the show to you today and to talk more about that because, you know, the reality is that we only spend 40 to 60% of our lives on this earth with our parents because eventually we will hopefully outlive our parents. Our parents will die before us, and then we'll have to figure out how to find hope again. And it's really, really a tough thing, as you know, Mom, because you've lost both your parents. Absolutely. I lost my dad only a couple of years after my son was killed, and then my mother a couple of years after that. And, uh, yeah, it, it is a an uh, important thing to think about and uh, an important topic today, and I know people are searching for it on the Internet. So, Heidi, why don't you introduce our guest today? Okay, I'd be honored to. So, as you all know, our topic today is on father loss, and our guest is Andrew Morgan. Andrew began work on his documentary film, After the End, following the untimely loss of his father in a car accident. This grief pushed him to begin speaking out to people across the country, about how they overcame personal loss and found a new direction in life. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Hey, guys. It is absolutely great to be here. It's great to have you on. And I am so impressed that you took on such a tough topic. I mean, there just isn't a lot on this. How long after your father was killed did you take on the decide that you wanted to do this? Yeah, I decided to make the film almost exactly a full year after he uh, died. And I think it was a pretty confusing year, um, and I just, I think there was just a lot about it that I was unprepared for and didn't know how to deal with, and I tried to just kind of ignore it, I think, uh, to just kind of, you know, not let it enter my mind, and I think about a year later, I just, something inside me felt ready to to deal with it, and uh, I think I made the film really out of a very personal desire just to find some answers and talk to other people who had been on a similar path before. And it's not your first film. You were a documentary filmmaker before that. That's correct, yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, everyone that uh, I've had the chance to talk to since, you know, I think when people experience loss of any kind, they have to kind of process it in their own way. So for me, yeah, I was a filmmaker. So to go make a film about this just felt like a natural thing. Mm -hmm. So what did you learn? How how did you decide? I know, uh, just for our audience, uh, your film, After the End, and we'll talk about it, how they can see it, um, you interview people who've lost children. You you cover all aspects. It's not just father loss, right? That's correct, yeah. Or parent loss. Well, I wanted to know, what has your experience, and hearing the experience of others, what did it What did it teach you? What did, What have you learned about the loss of a parent? That's such a good question. Um, I, I mean, I learned a lot. I can I can honestly say making this film was the most rich experience of my life. Um, we decided to say I'll make a film about loss and about you know how we can lose someone that we love without losing ourselves in the process. And um, so we spent time all over the country in living rooms and kitchens and homes 
speaking to different people about, um, you know, very sacred experiences in their lives, the loss of people they had loved. And their perspective, um, I just, I learned a lot from it. And I think one of the biggest takeaways um, for me was, you know, it sounds so simple in so many ways, but just how much um, the process of grief actually holds um, some of the keys to actually moving forward. And I think when I started the film, I was very stuck. I was stuck in this place of confusion and anger and pain, and I just didn't know how uh, it would ever go away. And I felt like if I just kept it out of my mind, it would, it would have to just get better. But it wasn't. It was kind of getting worse. And I think talking to all these different people who had wildly different experiences, the thing they all had in common, and I'm sure the two of you can relate to this, was that to, to, get, to get better, to, to become themselves again, to begin moving forward, they had to slow down, they had to pause, and actually really let themselves feel the pain. They had to actually let themselves do the most counterintuitive thing in the world. And I think that process just taught me a lot because I don't think I realized it, but we are just, we, we've become programmed as human beings in this society, this culture, to avoid pain. So when it comes to loss, it's so hard to say, you know, the thing that I'm terrified of, the thing that I want to run away from, you're telling me I actually have to lean into that. But it was for me that in leaning into some of that pain and actually letting myself remember, letting myself, you know, it, those, those horrible things began to lose some of their power, and I was able to move forward and, and remember not just the way my dad died, but also, you know, the amazing life and, and portion of his life that we got to share. So I, I, it's, a hard, it's a hard thing to sum up, but I think that, that probably represented the biggest shift in perspective, that going from a place of pain is, is bad, I want to keep it away at all costs, to actually embracing it uh, so that I could begin to move forward. So embracing the pain and embracing their story about not only how their loved one died, but also how they lived. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think for me, you know, just the, the I was there when my dad died, and the experience of, of that was so uh, traumatic, and it was so, mm-hmm. that it overshadowed all of these beautiful memories. And in, in and allowing myself to deal with and process some of the pr- trauma and pain, I've been able to now get to a place where, um, for most of your listeners, I'm sure, it's both bitter and sweet. But the sweet is there as well now. How many years has it been? It's been two and a half years now. And I also wanted to ask you, did he die in the hospital? Or he died in an automobile accident, right? Yeah, we were out on a bike ride together, actually. And... Um, he was about 10 feet behind me and got hit by a car. And uh, mm-hmm. he actually died there uh, kind of you know, in my arms on the road. Oh. They declared him dead once uh. we got to the hospital, but it was, it was actually there on the road. Oh, my gosh. Now, there are a lot of aspects of that. A vibrant person. I mean, it's not like he'd been ill. And an accident and you holding him. Oh, my goodness. How, how do you... I know my audience out there is wondering... How do you process this last memory? It's, you know, it's really, it was hard. And I think for me, you mentioned, uh, Gloria, that you had lost um, your, your son and both your parents. Now, you know, it was the first real experience for me. Um, 
with with death and, and to be so abrupt, uh, as I'm sure many folks can relate to, but just to have it come out of absolute nowhere, um, it was just confusing. And, and, I mean, there was a lot of aspects to it. The actual accident was, uh, you know, I had a hard time, I had a hard time sleeping. I had a lot of issues with just hearing the noises and a lot of that stuff. Um, in the process of making the film, I actually went to some counseling and uh, just worked through some of that actual event. And to me, I had never even been explained, you know, the basic things, like there's a difference between grief and trauma. And a lot of what I was struggling with was, was directly trauma-related, you know, just because of that actual accident. So that's what I mean when I say allowing myself to work through that allowed me then to really begin grieving in a way that wasn't, it wasn't like nightmarish. It was painful, but it wasn't the same as, as dealing with some of that accident stuff. Did they, just wondering, did they do any um, any special techniques with you? There's some techniques that are pretty um, helpful for that trauma. We, did, did your therapist... Yeah, I, I did... I did some EMDR. Okay. Yeah, tell people what that's called. EMDR is? Um, it's, it's an eye movement, movement desensitization and reprocessing. It's so powerful for these kind of events. I just wanted to tell people, to, you know, if, you, if you've had trauma that you're revisiting, try some EMDR because uh, it, it's pretty successful for that. It is really powerful, and a lot of the firefighters, that I worked with that were down at ground zero for 10 months, you know, finding bodies, et cetera, could not get the trauma narrative out of their heads, which is what Andrew is talking about, that trauma narrative of how somebody died, especially when you're with them, as he was with his father. And these firefighters went and did EMDR, and they said it really changed their lives because you still have the memories, but they're not as emotionally charged, and you don't keep replaying them over and over. Is that, is that what happened to you, Andrew? I think that's a really good way of putting it. I, I think, be, I, like, the sounds and the sights, like, I was trying to keep them out of my brain because they had this enormous power. And by actually doing some of the stuff with, you know, the finger, and, and it, it, it was like that. It was like it took the, it took the violence out of the memories, um, which mm-hmm. for me was enormously, enormously powerful. So, yeah, I'm, I, I mean, it, I, I don't know a lot about that kind of work. I just know for me personally it, it worked. Yeah. Uh, I think Shapiro uh, out of Stanford was the one who developed it. But um, anyway, uh, I wanted to ask you, have have you had any dreams or signs about your dad? I, you know, it's funny. I haven't had anything really direct. You know, there's, there's moments um, in the process of making the film, I actually got back on my bike and started riding, which, which took me a long time. And there's, there's moments or there's, there's experiences I have where, um, he feels very, very close to me, and and a lot of that's probably memory and association. But there's there's moments where I feel that, but that it happens to me much more waking than it does sleeping. Now, you when you talk about your bike, were you on a motorcycle bike or were you on a bike bike? Uh, bike bike. Because I know you have some wonderful footage in your film about riding down the road <laughs> on uh, motorcycles, right? Yeah, there's some of that, and there's also yeah, and there's also a lot just. Um, just biking the right. as well. Very cool. So, so, Andrew, I know you interviewed people with all different types of losses. I mean, you know, loss of siblings and loss of parents and loss of children. Was there anything that surprised you? I think what surprised me was going into the film, you know, I think I was looking for some answers to figure out how I could, um, 
move forward and feel like myself again. And I, I found those, but I think what surprised me most was when I talked to people, uh, like a couple in um, Park City, Utah, who had lost a uh, four-year-old girl, and it has been years, or a couple in Atlanta who actually had lost a 17-year-old girl, um, and it has been decades, several decades for them. And when they told their stories, and I sat you know, just a few feet away from them on a couch, and they kind of opened up um, this chest of memories, if you will, it amazed me that the way they talked about it was no different than the people who had had it happen just this year. And I think just the just the perspective change for me of it being something that we figure out and we fix versus something that is permanently a part of our story. And while we can absolutely, I believe, move forward and live vibrant lives after loss, it, it is naive to believe, and it's maybe defeating for people to believe that we can fix it and just move on and push past. Um, that was that was pretty surprising to me, I think. I, I think that <clears throat> we do have those memories, but I don't, you don't have the pain that went with them uh, on the early stages. And also, um, I have to say for myself, I'm a better person because I knew Scott. And and that's pretty powerful. That is the real flip side of it. I mean, these people that I talked to um, had experienced more pain than than perhaps the average person. Um, some of the, the loss experience they've been through were very painful, and yet they struck me as very, very just immensely loving individuals. And I think there's a link between those two things. I think the ability to... It's kind of like... You know, we think of ourselves like these segmented beings. Like I can turn off the bad feelings, but keep the good feelings. I can, and I just think we're holistic people. So our ability to grieve and to experience loss and pain and to allow that to work its course then translates to us being very wholehearted people, able to love, um, not just again, but perhaps like you're describing, maybe even more than we were before. Well, well, you know, Andrew, you know, it's like you're saying, just because we can access these deep feelings doesn't mean that we haven't found hope again. And I've got to say, Mom, I'm going to out you a little bit here. <laughs> we just did a, 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 a keynote at the Compassionate Friends for their national conference in Boston. My mom, my dad, and me were all on the stage together. It has been 30 years since my 17-year-old brother died, and I was struck by how emotionally moved my mother was when she went back there and told her story, went back, you know, in time in her head and told her story. And I think she was surprised by it. I don't know. Were you, Mom? Yeah, I think uh, it is surprising. But, you know, as you say, it's part of being human and being able to recapture, you know, those feelings because then, I mean, talk about true empathy when you can recapture your own feelings, then you can understand what other people are, you know, with their feelings. But I think it is surprising. It's, you know, it is. And it sounds like the people that you interviewed, you asked them, I call it kind of going to the well. You ask them to go back to the well and carry water. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's so for true. those of you out there, don't be afraid. You know, when you think deeply about your siblings or your parents or your children and you get in that emotional space, don't let it scare you. 
You know, it's, you'll go there, but then what happens over time is you'll be able to rebound faster and you'll be able to move out of those spaces quicker. Yeah, that's amazing. I totally agree with that. So I, I wanted to ask you what you're up to now and uh, what your plans are for the future and, and what about the film and where people can see it and uh, all that kind of thing and where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they can find the film uh, aftertheendmovie.com is the website. There's, uh, they can see the trailer for the film there. They can order a copy of the DVD. Um, the DVD is available on Amazon and through Best Buy, and uh, it's also streaming uh, for free uh, through Hulu. So you can go to Hulu.com and search after the end, and um, anyone, at least in uh, U.S. and Europe, I believe, will be able to stream that. And um, I am working on a new documentary. We're working on a film called The True Cost, which is uh, taking us to more than 10 countries around the world exploring the impact of the global clothing industry on people and the planet. And it was kind of triggered out of um, the factory that collapsed in Rana Plaza that took the lives of over 1,100 folks uh, in April and began to uh, ignite a new conversation about the quality and value of human life and how we could take that into account and the way we buy and make clothing. Um, so, yeah, we're working on that, and people can keep up with anything I'm doing. My personal site is andrewmorgan.la, and there's updates and everything um, on that site. Wow, Andrew, that sounds very exciting. And may I say that I think you're going to do a lot of good for a lot of people because you're going to be able to go with them on those losses and on the struggles that they've had and all that kind of thing. But also, take care of yourself. Two and a half years is not a long time for the death of a dad. You're still in the process. I'm very much in the process. I appreciate you saying that. I will, I will absolutely do that. And I just want to add, Andrew, your father is doing as much in his death as he did in his life through the work that you continue to do, and I know that he is your guiding light. Mm, thank you so much. And we're hoping to meet up with you one of these days in person. I would love that. There's been talk of that for too long, so let's make it happen. <laughs> hey, and I really can't tell you guys, I can't tell you guys how much I appreciate your work, too. I, I think that it's, it's continuing to be an oddity, that loss is the thing we all have maybe most in common, and yet talk about sometimes the least. So I think you guys mm -hmm. are creating space for people to have this conversation, and I... Um, I just commend that, and it's an honor to just be a small part of the conversation today. Well, thank you, Andrew, and thanks again for being on the show, and uh, safe travels. You bet. Thanks, Take care. Andrew. Thanks for listening to the show today. We hope that you will think about your journey, your grief and loss journey, as Andrew has. And, you know, Heidi, what I'm interested in with Andrew is how we take our lives and the things we've learned, and we translate this into how our, we deal with our grief. And it's interesting to see a filmmaker move into that area um, and do the good he's doing. And express himself through his work. I love it. So healing. Yes, absolutely. Thanks again for listening to the show, and God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. 
then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.